Uh, let's pray, and then we'll get right into the message, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you didn't leave us alone. You never leave us alone, that you give us not only your word, but you give us your own spirit to interpret your word, to make your word real to us, to quicken your word to us. Thank you that you lead and you guide us in every arena of our life. And Father, especially in our relationships, thank you that you restored our relationship with you, that you brought us back into your house, back into your family, that you gave us the love and the mercy and the grace and the help and the power and the ability to be you in the earth. Hallelujah. That as you restored us, that we can go around restoring others. We thank you, Father, for the power of your word, power of your spirit. I thank you, Father, that when your word goes forth, that you confirm your word with signs following. If there's hallelujah, anything that you want to do here that we don't even know about, and I'm sure there are many things, we give you access and freedom to do that right here, right now, in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God's a good God. It's a good day. Hallelujah. We're walking in a whole new life. When you're born again, you get a brand new life. The Bible calls it over in, in, um, in um, uh, Psalm 119 a lot. Uh, I love Psalm 119. If you ever struggle in uh, loving the Word of God, just take Psalm 119 and eat it up. Just let those words stir stir you in your innermost being and in in who you really are. You're not the one that is just full of uh, living by the flesh and living by what uh, the world says and your own thoughts and your own shallow, short-sighted desires of the flesh. You're a child of God. You're a son of God, a daughter of God. You've been made for mastery. You've been made for dominion. He never wanted a defeated son or a defeated daughter. That's why he sent Jesus so he could forever, once and for all, to the greatest extent that is, it is, is divinely possible, take away all of the authority of the devil. Amen. Come on, he stripped him of every bit of his authority and paraded him through the streets of eternity, naked, uh, shameful, that everyone would see and everyone would know he is stripped of power, he is stripped of authority. Don't yield to him, don't listen to him, don't let him in your life, don't let him in your house. Get him away and you have the authority. So a believer is like the opposite of a wimp. We have the exact, identical, same spirit of faith that came on David when he ran at the giant with speaking the word of God, standing in the authority of God, saying, all right, I've had, a, I've had enough of that junk. Who do you think you are? I don't even come to you. David said, I'm not coming to you as a little shepherd boy. I don't come to you in the name of David. I come, into, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. All the hosts of heaven in the name of that Lord, in the name of the God of gods. I'm coming to you. And you have, every single believer has that identical same spirit of faith. Well, you don't always feel like you have that spirit of faith. 
But as a believer, we have a whole new life. When, when Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. That word life is the Greek word zoe. And that word zoe means life the way that God has life. The life of God. The nature of God. In other words, I've got a new life. I've got a new nature. And this is a divine life and a divine nature. Am I God? No. Although if you read in the New Testament, they got upset at Jesus because he quoted the scripture that said, they said you are God's little g. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? You made him a little lower than Elohim. So don't believe the lie that you're just like, you got a ticket to heaven when you're born again and you're just going to have to endure a difficult life. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about enduring. Where do I go, Lord? Praise the Lord. All right, don't forget that. So in Psalm 119, you can, you can gain a love for the word of God. You know, your word is more precious to me than thousands of gold and silver. That'd be like billions of dollars now, right? Your word is more precious to me than that. Your, your word is sweeter than me than honey on my lips. I love your word. But also in Psalm 119, he talks about the way. Blessed are them that are in the way. You need to get in the way. You need to get in the way. What's the way? Oh, that's the life of God, the flow of God, the path of God, the, the journey that the Lord himself has you on. Jesus did not say, I have come so that you can go to heaven. Did you ever think about that? He said, the, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant, any kind of life, the life and nature of God more than enough, overflowing, never run out, a fountain that never dries up, a stream that knows no drought. <laughs> like, like in uh, Psalm 107 where he said, I'll give you streams of water in desert places. I will burst forth fountains from the wilderness, and I will supply you. It doesn't matter where you're at if you're with him. Well, Jesus said, uh, he didn't say, I have come so that you may go to heaven. He said, I have come that you may have life. Do you know when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're saying, I'm not doing things the way I think they should be done anymore. I am doing things the way that Jesus says they should be done. I'm not living my life based on what I think is best anymore. I'm living my life based on what the word of God declares is best. I'm living my life a whole new way. And you know, when you do that, you're saying, I am not my Lord. The devil is not my Lord. Your mother is not my Lord. I said that for in-laws. 
Your father is not my Lord. I said that for in-laws. Jesus is Lord. That doesn't mean Jesus is Lord. What is, what is the date today? I don't even know. October 29, 2023. So if, if I wasn't already born again, and I gave my life to the Lord today and was born again. This is the day in the realm of time that, that I was completely changed on the inside. I became a brand new creature. But this is the day that I would have made Jesus my Lord, which means it's the first day of my new life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's the first day that I'm not living for myself any longer. It's the first day that I, I took all that is within me and I made a decision as an act of my will to turn my whole self, spirit, soul, and body over to the Lord. It's the first day of a whole new lifestyle. It's the first day in the way of God. So I live in the way. The way of God. Well, why am I emphasizing this in the way of God? If you or if I, if, if you or if I, if anyone, if we wait and have the wrong mindset, I will finally arrive when I get to heaven. Oh, let's bring it closer home. I will finally arrive when my husband treats me right. I will finally arrive when my wife treats me right. I'll finally arrive when I have this dream car. I will finally arrive when I have, I don't know if you, you know, most people only have like a, they can count on one hand how many really close friends they have in life. But I have a ton of friends or I have this job or I have uh, children Right? Or, or I have a wife or a husband. The Bible doesn't teach that. Really at all. I mean, boy, it's a blessing to be married. And the Bible certainly teaches about the blessing of marriage. And one of the greatest blessings of marriage... One, it's hot in here. Praise the Lord. One of the greatest blessings of marriage... It's one of the, if you're going to have a fulfilling marriage, it is one of the best ways in the world to get over yourself. You know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Uh, I don't know if I should be bringing up the Bible or anything like that, but Jesus said, you're supposed to laugh. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Do you know your fulfillment in your marriage is going to show up in your giving, not in your receiving? Well, if, if I'm like, once my wife does this, or once we have certain material possessions, then I'll, we, then I'll be happy. You missed the whole point. It's a life of faith. Your, your marriage, the quality of your marriage and the fulfillment of your marriage and your relationships and the quality and the fulfillment of your relationships with your children and with those that are close to you, if you base it on money, abundance or lack, you're missing it. That's a side issue. It sure affects you. It sure feels good to have money to pay your bills and if you want to go somewhere and do something. But if you make that the focus 
you're on the wrong track. Those train tracks don't, don't, uh, aren't blessed train tracks. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. That life and nature of God that he came and that we would have, that we would possess, that we would, ex we would have in us in such abundance that it would flow out and we would experience it, that life and that nature begins the very moment you make Jesus Lord of your life. Come on, the burdens roll away. But it's not just a burden of your sins. Thank God. Thank God he offers forgiveness. You know, uh, forgiveness, forgiveness, and sometimes in um, faith circles, forgiveness is almost like a diminished from what it actually is. Because uh, uh, for, for a long time, people taught, like, if you're born again, you are a forgiven sinner. Meaning you're still a sinner, but you're forgiven. Yes. Well, we know from the word of God, that is, that is not a truth from God. You're actually a forgiven saint. You are a saint of God. But don't let trying to correct misunderstandings of the word diminish the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness literally means it doesn't mean to cover over. It doesn't mean I'm going to put another layer of paint on there. It's similar to the word cleansing, and it actually means to take that sin and destroy it and annihilate it. As far as, I'm going to throw your sin. Man, imagine how far God can throw. I'm going to cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. Well, that'd be one thing if I said I was going to do that. It'd be one thing if, like, I don't know who's the best arm baseball player or whatever, if they said they would do that. But you're talking about someone with the ability of God because it is God said, I'm going to take your sins and I'm going to throw them as far as the east is from the west. That's so powerful. I, even I, am he that blots out your sins. That blot out, that's not even like, that's not even like the cover up. That is like destroy, disintegrate, get re remove. I, even I, am he that blots out your sins. I will not remember them anymore for my sake. Why? Why doesn't he want to remember them for his sake? Why is it for his sake instead of our sake? Because he wants to be so close to you that he lives on the inside of you. So God is love. And he's fully just. And he has all, he holds all power in his hands. And, you know, God is awesome. But because he is love, it compels him to share of himself with you and with me. He could never be satisfied with you on the outside. And, you know, he, he couldn't come live in us if we're sinners, we must be recreated. It's like putting, what is it? New wine into old wineskins. What happens? You blow up. So he gave us a brand new, brand new spirit in union with his own spirit. Recreated us in union with Jesus Christ for good works. 
What did I tell you to remember? Endurance. I told you to remember endurance. And so, you know, the Bible talks a lot about endurance. In fact, James chapter 1 is one of my favorite places where you find the word endurance. And it's counted all joy, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Knowing that the testing of your faith works patience, King James says. Endurance is a, is a pretty good translation. Some translations say endurance. It's the Greek word hoopamon. And I like that word because I like, you've you got to hoop or you're going to moan. If you don't hoop, you're going to moan. What is that? That is... You know, it has like a as, a, as a foundation, let's think about this before we even think about what the word means, of courage. And then it has, it, it kind of denotes like strength in the middle of battle. It, it denotes when a storm is coming and beating on you strong, that you turn to face the storm, you don't run away from the storm. You're like, bring it on. And my favorite one, uh, as I was restudying this again, my favorite one is Hoopamone is a harbor that knows no storms. It's a harbor that knows no storms. What? The testing of your faith produces in you a harbor that knows no storms. What does that mean? Does that mean there's no storm? Oh, that means that there are Storms all over, hitting strong, hitting hard. But you're the harbor that knows no storms. In other words, the break, the breaks on that harbor are breaking every single wave. Oh yeah, there's wind swirling above you. But if you just live in that harbor, you are safe and protected no matter what is going on around you. Hoopamone, endurance, is a, a harbor that knows no storms. Well, let me tell you, if you're going to have a successful marriage relationship, you've got to tap into some hoopamone from the Spirit of the Lord that no matter what is happening around you, I am the harbor that knows no storm. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by what God says. I believe God. I believe it's going to be the way He said. I call my marriage blessed. I call my marriage prosperous and successful. Well, I'm well able to possess the land. I'm a harbor who knows no storms. Well, that, that, that doesn't mean, that means the harbor inside the harbor. That means you could have storms around you, but you never have storms in you. A harbor who knows no storms. So Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read uh, a few verses here, make sure we have some context. Um, you know what? I'm going to probably read the whole chapter. Ephesians chapter 5, New King James Version, I'm going to read for, the, for, for every back there. Um, verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Remember, we're doing all this today in light of what? The blood. We've been talking about the blood for three or four weeks. We're talking about the power of the blood of Jesus. 
If you try to, if you try to overcome the challenges that you, you may have right now, or if you don't have them, that may come up in your marriage, without focusing on the power of the blood of Jesus, you're, you're liable to be quickly defeated. But when I, when I look at the blood, which is the liquid love of God, and I appropriate the blood for my own self and for my own family, you know, that blood speaks love, and that blood speaks mercy, and that blood speaks patience, and that blood speaks ability, and that blood speaks protection. Everyone in the house, I apply the blood that none will be harmed because of the blood. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. Remember last week, they picked up some of the Egyptian customs, and so when they painted blood on the doorposts, their names were actually under the blood, so they painted blood over their names, which represented them. Covered by the blood, protected by the blood. Boy, you live by the blood. When the enemy comes, seeking whom he may devour, when I see the blood, when he sees the blood, he cannot enter in because of the power of the blood. Therefore, uh, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints, uh, neither uh, filthiness or foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. And we're going to look at this in like four weeks, but it's amazing what the giving of thanks does to deliver you from things of the flesh. You know, Romans chapter one, a lot of people that you see on social media right now, a lot of people like to quote all that because of the condition of the world. You know, Romans chapter one, I gave them over to a debased mind. But you know why he said right before that? Because they didn't acknowledge God, neither were they thankful. Saw that a few months ago in a fresh way, and I'm like, I'm thankful. I'm going to be very thankful. I don't want to corrupt mine or debase mine. You know, I'm going to acknowledge the Lord. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to acknowledge the Lord. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to acknowledge the Lord. I'm going to be thankful. Look what the Lord has done. You know where the Lord brought me from? You know what he's doing in my life? You know what's coming? Hallelujah. What? Good things are coming. Does that mean you're going to have no storms? No, but I'm a a harbor who knows no storms. There are going to be storms all around me, but I'm going to be safe in the harbor. And anybody who comes in, they're going to be safe. Hallelujah. Uh, Or foolish talking or coarse joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, covetous man, who is an idolater, who has has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. You know, like the sons of disobedience, uh, the ones who uh, reject and are are doubtful and refuse to do. You know, the wrath of God's coming upon the sons of disobedience. And so, but that's not who you are when you're born again. 
there's so much to go. I, I really want to teach the whole thing on that, but I can't right now. For as you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Well, why is he saying this to the believers at Ephesus? Well, apparently some of the believers at Ephesus must have struggled with some of this stuff. And he's like, hey, y'all, you're walking and living like an, uh, someone who's not been born again. You're a child of the light. Amen. You know, runs in my family. I've had this problem for many years. I just struggle with it and struggle with it and struggle with it. You shall have whatever you say. What are you identifying with? If you're not born again, get born again. You don't get born again by thinking in your head and reasoning with your head. You get born again by believing with the heart. You believe with your heart and because you believe with your heart, you turn your whole life over to God. If you have done that from your heart, you're a child of God. You'll never be satisfied being dominated by fleshly things. All right. Have, and, and have no fellowship with the unshameful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, I like Pastor Mark Hankins said, that means you, do, like, you inspect in every direction around your life. Walk circumspectly. So you're like inspecting. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? And don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess or dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking. To one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know, as before he even talks about submitting, he talks about being filled with the Spirit. Does everybody want to stand up? Let's all stand up. I want everybody to stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. All right, you can sit back down. It's kind of hot in here.
You know Galatians 6, 1 and 2? My brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest you also be tempted. Do you know the spiritual people, the spiritual wife or the spiritual husband is the one who will restore? Do you know that's the spiritual act is to restore? One of your greatest steps forward in the things of God is to understand your weaknesses. Be aware of your weaknesses. What am I saying? I'm saying, as an example, if you get really hot and sleepy and you're trying to pray to the Lord or you're trying to receive from the Lord, you're not going to put yourself in a position for success by laying on your bed and praying. <laughs> We're in the way of the Lord. So I'm trying to use something that's not too um, overwhelming for you, like an example. So you, God will give you wisdom concerning your strengths and your weaknesses. So like, I love to research. So the Lord told me when, I, when we uh, came out here to plant the church, the Lord said, you can research all you want after, your, after you pray. I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh. So I like to research, right? Understand all that. So I have to put that under the mighty hand of the Lord. So maybe that's a weakness, a curiosity or something like that. So I have to keep that under the hand of the Lord. So if I acknowledge that, like everybody's getting tired, so I'm like, everybody stand up, let's praise the Lord. So what do you do? We're, we're trying, we're, we're developing, we're learning, we're growing, right? Amen. So what do I, what, what do, I do when, when um, the word of the Lord is coming forth and I'm struggling to receive it? Well, I, you know, that can happen in your car. That can happen, you know, at your place of business. That can happen when you're out exercising. Will you just take a little break and praise the Lord and magnify the Lord and declare who you are, who he is, and what's happening? I mean, the word of God is being delivered to our hearts and it's bringing light and life and deliverance. Amen. I believe that. I have experienced that. I am experiencing that. I will never, ever be the same again after this day. Because the word of God, lit up by the spirit of God, is changing me and showing me and guiding me and leading me in paths of deliverance, singing songs of deliverance for his namesake. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We believe God. I am a harbor that knows no storms. I'm a harbor that knows no storms. I don't care how big the wave is. I don't care how strong the wind is. I don't care how cold. If it's like Lake Michigan, it's coming with sand included in it, blasting me. Bless God, I'll turn and say, bring it on. Why? Not because of who I am, because my life 
This is uh, Colossians 3 3. My life is hid in Christ with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, we got down to this submitting to one another in the fear of God. Husbands, did you read that? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, my new King James makes a division there, but I don't think Paul put that paragraph there. Because the next thing says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. How would you submit to the Lord? You know how it's relatively, you know, if you're born again, it's pretty easy to submit to the Lord. I mean, your flesh may have like some ripples on the water, you know, like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. But really on the inside, you know, like, no, I really want to submit. Your way is better. Uh, your, your way is greater. But wives, submit to your own husbands. What does it say? As to the Lord. Well, the Lord's not going to have you do something sinful and say, submit to me. Right? So I like to tell the ladies, you know, if the, you know, your husband's pulling the scripture out and he's saying you got to do all kind of weird stuff or something that's unscriptural, that is not what the Word of God teaches you. You submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So if your husband is giving you direction he got from the Lord, and it's, you can see it right there in scripture, well, that, that, you know, especially if he's loving you, which we'll see in a second, that's pretty easy to submit to. All right, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, um, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Whoa. You know, they got the book Five Love Languages. People have different love languages, they say, and all that, you know. My favorite love book is the Bible. And so, he said, cleanse and purify her Love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her by the washing of water by the word. You think as a husband I can say words to my wife that can cleanse and purify and sanctify her? Or I, I can speak words that could like tear into her and destroy her. I mean, there's, there's an admonition not only for husbands but also for fathers. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. You know, there's words I can say to my children that can provoke them, right? And so I might be right in the words I'm saying, but the attitude is the issue. And not only is the attitude an issue, thank God I'm not alone. Never be alone a day in my life. I've got God's own spirit on the inside of me. He leads and guides me in every part of my life, especially with my wife and my kids. I, I can have all these thoughts and intentions. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them know they had not been doing this. And boy, boy, if I do that on my own, I can freely do it, kind of, because I got this like, you know what peripheral vision is? If you have peripheral vision, 
You kind of like see these things. So I can see these uh, people sitting over here and these people sitting over here, even though I'm looking here, but I don't really have like a full picture of them. Right? I'm aware. I have an awareness of them. And if they move, I kind of have an awareness that they're moving. But I don't, I'm not looking them full on, so I don't like see them full on. So, you know, I can like just go off on my own and just kind of tell my kids this or I'm going to tell my wife this. But, you know, I got this peripheral, I could call it, you know, <laughs> spirit of the Lord. I should just be going with him all the time and looking him head on, right? Looking unto Jesus, the author of faith, the finisher of faith, right? The author of the family. I know better. I don't know better than the author of the family. And so the Spirit of the Lord will stop you from saying some things. You know, there is a time for everything. There is a time for sternness, sternness, but there is a time for mercy. Well, love doesn't always show up as a, as a, as a, as a squishy, sweet-smelling aroma. Sometimes love shows up as a turned-over table. Sometimes love shows up with a whip in its hand driving the money changers out of the temple. Other times love shows up on the cross. Taking the hit after hit after hit after hit. How are you going to know? You've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. He'll tell you things you had no clue about. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but he should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother <clears throat> and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you... Uh, in particular, love his own wife as his own self and let the wife see that she, you have that, respects her husband. But the woman's version of the Bible right here says, and the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Now find the Amplified Classic. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I really like uh, admires him exceedingly. However, let each man of you, without exception, love his wife as being, in a sense, his very own self, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates him, and esteems him, that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. That's the one. Hmm? And let the wife 
See that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him. We like to be noticed. So don't women like to be noticed. That she regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates him, and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Now, you think the Lord said that for your hurt or for your good? God's design for your marriage is that you would live in your journey with heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Who are you? How do you know who you are? How do you find out who you are? Well, somebody said, the greatest way to find out who you are is look in the Word. Find, find out who the new believer is in the Word. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 128, one of my most uh, significant life scriptures. I esteem your word above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. Number one, I, dis- I, I, I do that. I esteem the word of God is true, and I hate every false way. So in other words, when I approach the word, uh, I, I don't want to come with my preconceived ideas of what that must mean. I want God to tell me what that means. I want his word to interpret itself. I want his spirit to interpret his word. Why, why, why do I say that? Well, when you talk about relationships, you know, the problem in almost every single relationship is the other person. It's not you, it's them. You understand that? If they would just do something, if they would just change, it's not your fault. I mean, it can't be your fault. You know how hard you're working at this? You know, you, you by nature are a good-natured person. It's the other person. It's not you. It's them. That's the problem. So, in other words, what? What if I'm not really paying attention? You know how much I learn in prayer? You get in the presence of God through the Word of God and through opening yourself to the Lord. And in prayer... It's like a secret place. It's like a hidden place. It's like a place where, where you, can, you can be fully open with the Lord and he, he, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll speak to you if you make room for Him and if you look to Him. But if you come in and you just give a speech and uh, you tell Him what, what it should be and how to do this and who that, but you're never listening, I don't know how much you're actually changed, but He designed prayer that we could enter in into the secret place of the Most High and be changed from glory to glory, even by His own Spirit. And when I get in there, I actually find how to live. I don't know how to preach if I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to be a good husband if I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to be a good father if I don't know how to pray. But in prayer, I learn the ways of God and the voice of God. And I, I, I learn in prayer that how to read the Word even. And as I read the Word from, from that same place within me where I seek the Lord and find the Lord, when I read the Word like that, I notice that I'm a lot more hesitant to put my stamp of approval on that scripture and my thoughts on that scripture. And I, I'm, I'm, it's like I do when I pray. It's like I come with open hands and open arms and humble before the Lord. And, and I'm looking to receive and I, I'm looking to bless and to give. 
you know, when I come to the Word that way, He is the Word, and when I come to the Word that way, do you know He speaks a lot more to me? You know, I could find scriptures. You could find scriptures to say about anything you want. Just take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you can, you can claim that you're spiritual and claim that you love the Lord and find scriptures. Use the words that God had penned to justify the desires of your own flesh. Because you're, you're doing it without the spirit of the Lord. Oh, he's on the inside of you. But you have the preconceived notion because you know that your spouse is the one that has the problem. So all you're willing to receive, even from the Lord, if you're not careful, is what confirms what you already know. If the Lord just knew what you knew, he would fix that man, fix that woman. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching real good. All right. Ah, hallelujah. You understand you approach God by the blood? You can't get there without the blood. So you come by the blood. So I come by the blood and I approach the Lord. In other words, I'm not coming by... Anything that is of me, I'm coming by everything that was swallowed up of me by the power of his love through his blood, the blood of his son, by the giving, by giving, by generosity, the generosity of God, the giving of God. And so I come before the Lord, and I, when I come before the Lord, I'm looking to receive from him. I'm looking to honor him. I'm looking to follow him and learn from him. Do you know if I develop a life uh, in the way, uh, if I develop a life that way, it's going to be harder and harder for me to just yield to my flesh, the lust of my flesh to be the one that's right in the relationship, the lust of my flesh to get the credit in the relationship, the lust of my flesh to say, you know what? They need to walk in love. As soon as they do it, I'll do it. Well, you're admitting right there that you're not. And even if you don't say that or think that, you're not. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know where we had to come back. We'll have to come back and uh, finish this up. So who are you? How do you know who you are? Well, I'm telling you right now, if you don't get it from the word and the spirit of the Lord, you don't know who you are. You have to get it from him. You have to find out. Uh, as soon as you're secure in him, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. Well, as soon as you accept the love of God that's poured on the inside of you, that's the first step to being able to uh, repair your marriage, strengthen your marriage, be a blessing in your marriage. Why? Because you're not trying to find your, um, what word is that? You're not trying to find your security in the other person. You've already found your security in him. Do you know the spirit of the Lord will reveal to you areas where you can grow and change? So 
one recipe for a great marriage would be approaching the Lord and saying, Lord, what is my part? What do you have for me to do? Where do you have me to change? You know, there's all kinds of manipulation in marriage. There, there, there's all kind of self-seeking in, in many marriages. Well, you can't manipulate. You know, I, I'm going to hold back from you until you do what I want you to do. Right? Well, you can't do that and live in fellowship with the Lord. Don't, don't you dare do that and then go tell your, your wife or your husband, I'm going to go pray and spend time with the Lord, or I've been praying and spending time with the Lord, and then you're just going to try to manipulate. Don't even call that. Like, you are deceived. How do I end like that? <laughs> you are deceived. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus, through his sacrifice. If we just take his sacrifice, we look at his sacrifice, we offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Say, you know, I'm giving up myself for for this woman, for this man. You, You know, the fulfillment in life doesn't come from getting all the stuff. The fulfillment in life comes from giving everything that you are. And if you have children, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I said at the beginning, you know, marriage is wonderful. It really helps you not to be so self-centered. But if you want to, like, add an exponent to that, just have children as well. <laughs> You're like, I got married and I learned I was living for myself more than I realized. And I had children and I was like, whoa, how self-centered am I? I mean, I used to go camping for the enjoyment, and then I had kids and went camping, and I was like, oh, I went camping to work for my kids. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's stand. We can't go any further if we don't stand. Thank the Lord. So let's walk in love and forgiveness. Surround your your family with faith and love. To forgive is a choice to release. It makes you vulnerable. You can't latch onto that hurt for superiority anymore. You must um, latch onto Christ for safety and protection. Come on, if I don't forgive you, my flesh will tell you I've got something over you because you did this. I refuse to forgive you, but really I'm drinking poison expecting you to die. You heard that saying before? So forgiveness is a choice to release. I'm releasing you from that. I totally forgive you for that. It makes you vulnerable. But if I'm going to forgive you, I, I'm actually vulnerable. Like, uh, in other words, you, you're forgiving me, you might hurt me again. You only got to do that, how many times a day, Jesus say? 77 times? 70 times 7. 70 times 7. You can't latch onto that hurt anymore if you're going to forgive as a source of being superior, being better, or feeling good about yourself. You must really latch on to Christ for his safety and his protection. What a privilege we have to have families and marriages blessed by God. The only way you're going to walk in that blessing is if you do it God's way. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. So if you feel like this is super heavy, this is super hard, you're not doing it right. You're doing it in your own strength and your own power. 
Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing like the freedom that you have when you freely forgive. I freely forgive you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm not going to hold this against you. I'm going to help you. How can I help you? Come on, I've known multiple, multiple situations where a husband wasn't even a Christian and the wife started walking in this kind of love. And, uh, you know, treating him right, even though she was treating him like garbage. You know. One I know of, she like a, she had uh, stopped uh, having sex with him. And I said, well, the Bible says, you know, unbeliever, believer, you can leave if you want. But if you want him to come to the Lord, you know, you walk in love. And part of that is, you know, you have sex with your husband. You know, it wasn't like uh, too long. And I guess he liked that. He became a Christian. I mean, the word has answers for every part of your marriage and every part of your life. And if you do things the way the word declares, let me tell you, there's a way to get a woman's attention and there's a way to get a man's attention. And if you do it God's way, oh, it's righteous. It's pure. It's holy. It's heaven on earth. Amen. Well, let's just decide this morning. I'm not going to harbor any resentment towards anyone. Uh, the Lord gave me a fresh start. I'm given every relationship I have a fresh start. Let the Lord show up in your family, in your marriage, and uh, change you. And uh, we'll, we'll have uh, communion uh, next week as we begin our season of prayer. And uh, we encourage you to be here for that as much as possible. Please be praying on your own as well. And uh, the Lord's going to do some miraculous, wonderful, supernatural things. In, in your life, life of your family, according to your belief, it'll be unto you. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, families, that you planned a family, that we're all part of your family. And thank you for the power that you have given us to treat our family the way that you treat us. Thank you for the privilege to sacrifice for our families. Thank you for the privilege to believe the best, to walk in love and forgiveness. Thank you for the privilege, the honor that we have to represent you, yes, to our world, but to our families, that we can be your manifestation to our very own families. Forgive us, Father, for when we have neglected and even put other people and other things first. Father, we put you first in our lives, and then we take care of our families the way that you instruct us and and direct us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not a believer this morning, you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. God loves you. You can't really be successful in marriage the way that you need to be if you're not born again. You need a a source of strength, power, ability, and a nature outside yourself. Hallelujah. Let's all uh, make this declaration together. Say, Father God, I believe Jesus is your son that he died on the cross to take away my sins and to make me right with you. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I give you my whole life. I'm not living for myself anymore. I live for you. Father God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh with him. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.